Welcome to Demond Does the Six Questions, where the same six questions can tell a unique story. I am your host, Demond, father of two, husband of one, and leader of this here Demondcast. My next guest from Chicago, Illinois, this author and teacher grew up on a steady diet of comic books, TV, and action movies. He is also the host of podcast Japan on Film and Superhero Cinephiles. Please welcome fellow father of one, Percival Constantine. Wow, thanks a lot, Demanda. You definitely outsold me. I've never given you an intro like that the times you've been on my show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, although one correction, it's soon to be father of two. So I'll be joining you on that. Ah, <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, the new one's coming up in uh, in a few months. So, Congratulations and welcome to the club. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the, the, the one we've got already is figuring out how to open every single door and circumvent all our security. So uh, I'm not sure what we're going to do when she's got a partner in crime. Let the games begin. <laughs> Parenthood, where when it's quiet, you love it and then are also worried. Yeah, exactly. Usually I say, thank you for taking time out to talk to a perfect stranger, but uh, we're kind of old podcast buddies, so I, I don't think that's the case anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks to um, uh, thanks to our late buddy, Derek Ferguson. He's the one that um, brought us into touch with each other. Yes, yes, and uh, I had the privilege of being on Superhero Cinephiles twice, uh, twice and now, yeah. I am going to go for the trifecta and hope uh, probably a few months I'm like building up the courage because we're we've talked about watching Spawn, which is yeah, notoriously yeah. bad. So <laughs> it's funny. Um, I had someone else who asked if they could come on and talk uh, talk about Spawn. I'm like, nope, I already got uh, Demond coming on for that one. <laughs> he booked that one a long time ago. <laughs> That's going to be so much fun. Thank you very much for that. Before we get into the six questions, where would you like to be found on the internet? So uh, percivalconstantine.com is my central website. You can find basically links for everywhere on there. But if you're interested in, for these people listening to this, probably mostly interested in podcasts, the two main podcasts I do are Superhero Cinephiles, which is superherocinephiles.com. And we actually just completed Japan on film. So that's actually ending with the, the most recent episode, but that's still up at japanonfilm.com and that will stay archived. Both of those can be found too, but percivalconstantine.com for all my, my writing. It's got links to my, my art, my, my lettering work, podcasts, everything is all linked from there. And speaking of writing, that's how I became. Uh, I, that's how I became aware of you through some of your oh, some of your old series, uh, Myth Hunter, which you need to check out if you haven't read it, or Luther Cross. Luther Cross. Yeah, yeah. I've read uh, the. Is that the Cross Dark Crossroads Universe? Is that what you call that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the Dark Crossroads Universe because I started with Luther Cross. It's an urban fantasy series, originally set in Chicago, and. When you're writing a series, eventually you get to a point of diminishing returns, right? You get reader drop-off. It gets harder for, for new people to find the book. So one of the things that a lot of people try to start doing is they'll write other series, but set in the same universe. So 
So we went from Luther Cross to then I started doing a, a series about Lucifer, who appears in several of the books and the Morningstar series. And that's uh, I'm actually working on the fifth and final book of that now. And I will be doing another series in that universe. What it is yet, I haven't quite decided. I've actually just sent out a survey to to my readers to ask them what they what character they'd like to see uh, be the focus of the the next iteration. You've done you're doing some uh, sci-fi serial um called Corsairs on Kindle Vela, right? It was an idea I had a while ago to do kind of like um, a Firefly Cowboy Bebop inspired book series at first, you know, kind of like a, a fun sci-fi space opera serial. I tried to do it as a book at first and just got, you know, wrapped up in other projects and the book ended up getting buried on my hard drive. And I, but I always remembered the, I kept the name of the the main character, Elias Starr is the, is the captain of the ship. And I wanted to use that character and I wanted to go back and do this. And when the Kindle announced their Kindle Vela feature, which is a, it's a serial program, read it all through the, the Amazon website, or I think there's a Kindle Vela app too. Um, unfortunately, at the moment, I think it's only available to, to U.S. readers, but the first three episodes you can read for free and you can purchase token packs. And like, depending on the length of the episode, you know, X amount of tokens unlocks the episode for you. Each episode runs about 1,200 to 2,000 words or something like that. So, you know, you're thinking like anywhere five to 10 pages or so. It's been fun. I've gotten, uh, I've started doing that in february i believe it is and we're up to about we've had weekly releases and i think we're up to like episode 15 or 20 or somewhere in there now so that's awesome yeah it's been fun so yeah check that out and again the link to that can also be found from percivalconstantine.com and it's just like if you like firefly if you like cowboy bebop guardians of the galaxy any sort of like space opera thing you know bunch of mercenaries in a spaceship flying around uh, a corporate controlled universe, then you're definitely going to like this. It's, it's very much in taking this, taking a page from those types of things. Outstanding. Percival Constantine, father of two. Are you ready to answer the six questions? I am ready. I am ready. That's why we're here. Question number one. When did you know you wanted to get into podcasting? I'd been interested in it ever since Derek and Tom DJ were doing the Better in the Dark podcast. Before that, Tom DJ had did, done another podcast about fan fiction that I had actually been a, been a guest on. That kind of interested me in the format, and it was through them that I started discovering podcasting in general. My first rush with podcasting was doing a show about pulp fiction it was called the exploding typewriter pulp writers on writing pulp and we had a bunch of different writers come on and talk about different aspects of of writing modern pulp fiction and that lasted for uh, a little bit but it was just the trouble of trying to find guests and trying to keep a a weekly schedule was was really difficult so i kind of fell off with that and then when uh, Japan on Film came along, I was I just started teaching a class in Japanese film study, and I did not have enough time in the in the semester to talk about all the movies I wanted to talk about. So I started doing this podcast where it was just me talking about these different movies. But eventually, it got to a point where I didn't just want to 
talk, just have a one-way conversation. I wanted to have an actual conversation about the movie. So I switched the formats to have guests on. And then at around the same time, you know, Derek and I were talking, he had been a guest on Japan on film. He was like the first guest we had there. And I realized, you know, I always love talking to Derek. You know this too, from your own experience with him. The guy's like, you know, he's like, he was like the easiest person to talk to, no matter who you are, no matter, you know, where you're from, like Derek could easily find a way to chew your ear off for hours on end and you would be totally entertained the whole time. And Derek and I both come from background of, we met writing superhero fan fiction. So we were both big superhero fans, big comic book fans, and we're both big movie fans. So I said, I said to him one day, I'm like, Hey, how did you like to do a podcast where, you know, we just come on, you know, we'll, we'll alternate between, you know, I'll pick a movie, you pick a movie and, and we'll talk about them. We did that for, for 60 episodes together and you know almost two years is uh how long we were we were doing it together before he passed away yeah it was just it was uh it was a total blast just being able to to sit down with this guy once a week and just you know talk about for hours on it like you look at some of the episodes that we did together like some of them went like in excess of two hours long they were awesome though yeah it was and it was just it was just two buddies. It, it was two buddies who are actually not who are knowledgeable about storytelling, which is what made your you know it must see. My only issue uh, personally as a listener was I'm like I haven't seen this movie yet, and I knew you were going to spoil the mess out of it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so if, if so, that's the yeah. So if you so when you go see superhero cinephiles, make sure you've seen the movie that the episode's about. Um, yeah, yeah, we definitely go into with when we've done some of the modern movies, like when we did, we covered the Batman. Um, if it's anything really modern, I make sure to let people know it spoilers. But basically, any movie you're going into um, that we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to talk about everything in the movie. So you, if you don't want to be spoiled by by it, you better have seen it first. As an author, when did you go from it being a hobby to really making a go at making? being a professional again it was this is Derek's fault uh because we were writing fan fiction together and I'd always dreamed of being a a comic book writer right that was kind of where I was where my sensibilities always lay and when I was in university I think Derek said to me one day he's like I'm waiting for you to write a novel and I'm like oh no no that's impossible I'd never do that and then NaNoWriMo came along National Novel Writing Month and that kind of pushed me to finally actually put something down and get a novel written and Derek was who I sent it to he said yeah this is really good you should you should um see if you can get this published so he had published Dylan and the Voice of Odin his first book by that point and he had put me in touch with sometime partner in writing Joel Jenkins who kind of helped me along with like the self-publishing route after I tried the the traditional route and got sent out like 50 query letters got maybe like 10 responses and of those 10 responses only three of them were not form letters so and joel kind of walked me through the process and this is mind you this is pre-kindle day so this is all like print on demand stuff where you had to do that we didn't have the tools that you have now so i had to teach myself how to use um adobe indesign and all that and figure out how to work everything out and but i finally got the book out and that was kind of the start and then and then from there, it's like, you know, what do you do once you've written one book? Well, then you got to write another one and then you got to write another one and just been increasing the, the output steadily since. And now I've got about 30 books out now, I think. What was the name of the first book you published? 
the first one was called Fallen. It was a dark fantasy um, rooted in Judeo-Christian mythology and that kind of stuff. Question number two. What do you wish you had known when you had started out? When I'd started out writing or when I'd started out podcasting? Let's go with writing first. I wish I had known about the Kindle market and I wish I had known to, because I was publishing, like I said, before Kindle started and I did not realize when the Kindle came out that there was this whole self-publishing industry that had sparked up and a lot of people, there was a gold rush in those initial days. And I wish I had known about that and I'd been there to take advantage of it because I had had a back catalog of stuff that I could have really capitalized off of before things got really super competitive. So I wish I had known about that early on. But more than that, I wish I had known that, you know, my impression of writing, probably like a lot of people's who, who don't, who aren't familiar with the self-publishing world was an author puts out like one book a year or one book every two years or something like that. And I wish I had known that that was basically a fiction invented by the publishing industry and that I realized that, no, 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 you should be putting out several books a year instead. How did you discover that little uh, nugget? I discovered it when I started getting into the larger world of self-publishing and I started seeing what other people were doing and how the most successful people were the ones who were publishing several books a year. Okay. Now, what's your answer for podcasting? I wish I had known about Zoom, actually, because Zoom makes the, the recording process so much easier because before we were using Skype and we were using like this kind of like hack together, these little hacks to try to make sure you could record both audio from both sides because I didn't want to pay for Skype call recorder. So it was, just, it was a pain in the ass trying to get things to work exactly the way I wanted them. And then Zoom comes along and I discovered it when the pandemic stuff started. And I found out that there's a recording feature on it that records both sides on separate tracks. And as soon as Derek and I found that out, we're like, oh, this is so much easier than what we've been doing. Question number three. What's your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? My favorite hometown restaurant is actually a chain that's from Chicago. It's called uh, Lou Malnati's. It's a pizzeria. Um, they have Chicago-style pizza. And they have, I don't know the exact name of it offhand, but it's, uh, I, think it, I think it's the Chicago Classic. But it's, basically, it's the Chicago-style deep dish pizza with pepperoni and uh, Italian sausage on it. Every time I go back to Chicago, that's like my go-to. Definitely what I have to get when I go there. How often do you get back to Chicago? Before it was about once a year, but then the pandemic hit and kind of changed everything. And, you know, now that I've got a family, it makes it even more difficult. We did manage to go back this past December for, for my sister's wedding. And that was a lot of fun. And we were able to bring the, bring my wife and my, and my daughter with. Um, so everybody got to meet her. That was the first time in, I think, two i think in, i think that was the first time in two years that i had been back and i'm not sure when we're going to get a chance to go again because now we're going to have two kids and you know traveling with two kids is it's 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 a struggle <laughs> it's hard to go to the grocery store that's five minutes yeah. from the house much less yeah. international <laughs> travel well we were on the international flight we were able to get um 
get her her own seat and she, they had like a they had a baby seat for her so she was strapped in and she was fine on the international flight for the most part actually she was worse on the flight from tokyo to kagoshima where we live which is only like about a two-hour flight because we figured oh it's a short time it's only two hours we'll just hold her on our lap instead that was not the best idea because she definitely did not want to sit still during that time i want to get down and move yeah yes yeah. And we also when we came back because of the COVID restrictions, we had to wait at the airport in in Tokyo for about several hours before we could end up getting transported to the hotel where we had to stay in quarantine. It was not fun. <laughs> How did you wind up in Japan? When I was a university student, I became interested in, in Japanese movies, uh, like live action movies. It, that was the early 2000s. And that was like, there was like this big boom of Japanese cult movies and Japanese horror starting to make their way into the US. And, and I became interested because of those things. I was already in school to become a teacher. I was already studying to become a teacher. And I had found out about that there was, a, there was what was called the JET program. It's Japan Exchange and Teaching Program. And what it is, is it's, it's a program where they take young college graduates and they bring them over to Japan to to teach English in in public schools in junior high elementary school and and high school and so I thought oh that's a cool thing to do for you know maybe a year or so and so I did that and what I thought would only be one or two years ended up quickly turning into the full five years which is the max you can do in the program and then that turned into you know what? I really like it here. So I think I'm going to stay indefinitely. I stayed another few years and then I got a job offer back in the States. So I went back to the States briefly, but I did not like being back there. So, and then within six months, I was back on a plane to Japan wow, <laughs> and, okay. uh, and I've been here ever since. And, you know, now I'm, I'm here in the, in the Southern area of Japan, teaching, uh, teaching English and teaching uh, literature and film classes to Japanese students. And, and it's great. It, it's a lot of fun. I really like it out here. So why'd you go back to Japan instead of staying in the United States? It had a lot to do with cost of living and just overall lifestyle because, you know, in the States, you don't have universal health care. We got that here in Japan, at least some form of universal health care. It's not perfect. There are definitely other countries that do it much better, but it's, it's better than what you get in America. It costs me like, you know, under 200 bucks a month for basic health care here. And also the cost of living in general is so much cheaper here. Like right now we just, um, we just moved and the place we just moved into, this is a house and it is about 500 bucks a month uh, converted for us dollars. And basically you can find a lot of places like that here. You can find, you know, homes, apartments, anything like that for under a thousand dollars a month easily. And pretty nice, nice places. Like we're in a pretty good location it's pretty close to like the center of the city and all that. And the bus, there's a bus stop, like right out in front of our place, more or less. So it's, it's really convenient. It's a great place to, to raise kids, which wasn't my concern at the time, but now it's definitely become, become a bigger selling point too. And yeah. And another thing about the kids too, is the government pays us to have kids too. So we get, uh, we get a little uh, stimulus check, like every, every, three or four months for for having a kid and then we're going to get another one when the next kid comes along too and that decreases in amount as they get older but we still get some amount of payment from the government for having kids up until they reach the age of 20 i think it is question 
number four. What are you curious about? Lately, I've been getting into into podcasts and documentaries about about history stuff or about certain deep dives. Like I'll get interested in a topic and I'll just kind of like do a deep dive on stuff about that. For for example, I think it was like last year, I got really interested in the, the satanic panic that happened in the US in the 80s. And I started like doing a dive down rabbit holes with that whole thing. Yeah, I get interested in stuff like that. I get interested in um, different types of stories and one of my favorite podcasts is uh, Behind the Bastards, where they talk about the worst people in history and go into these really interesting stories about them. And and that and because that's on iHeartRadio and they've got all these ads for other podcasts, that's actually led me to finding out about other podcasts that have been interesting too, like different like true crime stuff or historical stuff or things like that. But mostly history is a big is a big interest for me. Um, Another podcast I started listening to is uh, History of the Cold War podcast, and it's going like deep dives into different aspects of the Cold War and stuff like you never would have thought to to even that he was even associated with the Cold War. So it's been really interesting. So uh, history has always been uh, been your thing, been a thing that you're interested in. Um, not so much. Like when I was in school, I couldn't have cared less about history, but it's only. After, uh, ironically enough, I think it was in university when I started getting a little bit more interested in it. Mm-hmm. In more recent years, uh, it started. Inter- I've started to get more interested. And I think a big part of that, I think you got to thank streaming services for that because it's given access to a lot of documentaries and, and that kind of stuff. Because I was the kind of person that if I was going to pay money to go see a movie in a movie theater, I wanted it to be, you know, an actual story that I was going to see, like an actual fiction movie. But when you're sitting at home, you're looking through streaming services like, oh, that seems like an interesting topic. I think I'll watch this documentary, this six part documentary series on that. <laughs> Do any of your rabbit hole interests uh, ever inform your writing or is all of it or? How's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't think of any specific examples, but stuff obviously will bleed through and and there'll be like ideas that I get from seeing something in history or reading about something that then I think, oh, well, if I do something similar here that actually make a pretty good story idea. So yeah, there's been, there's been lots of, lots of things like that. Question number five. What should I ask you that I didn't know enough to ask? You know, I've, you sent me this question and I honestly don't know. <laughs> I, I've been trying to think of something else and I, I can't, I couldn't think of anything. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, this is the first time I've been stuck by the, stuck on this question in in weeks. Um, <laughs> well, well, let me think then. Doggone it, because I think I asked everything that I had been. Morning stone. Dun, 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 dun. I I have been stumped. Uh, we chatted a few times. Uh, is there anything you would like to ask me? <laughs> <laughs> How do you deal with podcasting with kids? Having a patient wife. She's always been very supportive with my hobbies because I work a lot. So when I have a chance to do, you know, I edit when the kids are asleep and stuff like that. And I rarely do. Honestly, I I try not to do interviews or shows when the kids are up. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes it happens and. And she, uh, you know, she takes takes the reins, and you know, I also do the, you know, I do, 
I, I do my part for her and, you know, it's just one of those partner being a partnership is, you know, in marriage, you know? Yeah. It's what you got to do. I mean, it's the only way to, to really get things working smoothly. Otherwise it's, we have a, we have some people here that we know uh, some of my wife's friends or, or her relatives and they're surprised when she tells them, it's like, Oh yeah, he'll, you know, I'll wake up from it. Cause I, I was taking a nap or something and find out that he did the dishes or something. And they're like, what? <laughs> wow. And they're just completely blown away by it. Here's some good husband advice. You're a partnership yeah. and help out when uh, the other one's struggling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Question number six. If you could create a new holiday, what would it commemorate? We've been talking about him a lot today and, and doing the show. It's always on my mind. So I would definitely make a Derek Ferguson day. Salt of the earth, man. And, you know, he, he was such a great guy and such a great, talented writer who never got the, the due that he truly deserved in his life, I think. And I, so definitely, yeah, that would, that would be the, the holiday. What day would you make it? Probably his birthday, which I am blanking on the date right now. But but yeah, because uh, he always did on his birthday, he would always release, he'd always give presents to his readers. He'd always like release a free story or a free no, no, novella or something like that and give and release that for, for free on his birthday. So I think his birthday would be the time to really to really do that. Right on. Uh, and how would you celebrate it? What would be the best way to celebrate? Very, because it, it's got to be a bombastic, big style, oh, you know? <laughs> Uh, live Dylan stage shows. That would be so awesome. <laughs> I'm maybe the only person who actually understands. Dylan is, uh, if you took, for those who don't know, Dylan is if you took James Bond, Shaft, and um, I don't know, who else could you? Who else Indiana could you, Jones. Indiana Jones, that's it. That's the one I was looking for. And throw him in a blender and sprinkle a little bit of awesome on him. That's Dylan. And that is a, oh, a, a Dylan stage show would be fantastic. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much for your time, man. I, I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me on. This is fun. Thank you for tuning in once again to Demond Does. And if you could take just a quick second to dip on into where you downloaded this podcast app, where you get that sweet, sweet podcast action and make sure you leave five stars, leave a review so more people can join the conversation. So, until next time, see it, hear it, speak it, live.